Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Episode number three. This is Doc Jock here on the Fantasy Sports Network. I am Greg Sussman. Join the doctor, Dr. Mitchell Roslin. Doc, what's going on? A lot. It, it, a lot is going on. We're at the quarter point of the NFL season. Uh, the baseball, I guess, game 163, not quite the baseball playoffs. I get the baseball playoffs started on Wednesday. I'm, I'm sure that the networks are hoping both the Yankees and Dodgers win. I'm sure they don't want both New York and Los Angeles to go out in a one-game series, as we're talking, the Dodgers are up 5 nothing. Um, and it, it, when you watch the NFL, it really looks like there's a lot of um, unrest right underneath the surface. When you see the Earl Thomas and then you go to the night game, and obviously there's the tone of Le'Veon Bell, and, and you certainly see a players association and a league that are not on the same page. Well, let's start with Earl Thomas and Le'Veon Bell. Now, Earl Thomas was fined quite a bit of money when he basically stopped practicing and said, listen, I'll show up on game day, but i got to protect myself. I'm a free agent. He held out all the training camp because he wanted a new contract. Did not get it, eventually reported, showed up for the games, and then stopped showing up for practice. And he basically came to an understanding with the Seahawks this week going into the game about how much he needs to practice, so on and so forth. He then goes and breaks the lower part of his leg, and gets carted off giving the finger to the sideline. The problem with that is it was his own sideline that he was giving the finger to. Sounds like more of a frustration thing, like how could you not pay me and now here I am. As the Arizona Cardinals were patting him on the back and the chest and the shoulder, he was giving the finger to his own team. Doc, how bad is this injury, number one? And number two, what do you think of the whole escapade? In all probability, unless it's a, a complex fracture, and I didn't see any, any, any words that it is, that this is something that he'll completely heal from. Okay. And, you, you know, even raises the possibility if the Seahawks went deep in the playoffs, which I think is highly unlikely, that he, he would be back. I, I think it's definitely more favorable than if somebody would tear their Achilles tendon. It's, sure. It, it's not the same type of complex break that it appeared that Tyler Eifert had. You know, it, 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 at least superficially, although it probably is somewhat significant because they recognize that it was broken on, 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 on the field. Uh, so I don't mean to minimalize, minimalize that. Um, but it's kind of really interesting. You, you know, there have always been holdouts, and I think players are certainly entitled to their due, but I've never seen it really brought onto the field like that in all of the years that I've been watching sports. Um, and what's interesting is I personally have more compassion for Le'Veon Bell. Um, How come? And I, because I think Le'Veon Bell you know, completed his contract. He then gets franchised. And I think along the line in the collective bargaining thing, 
no one thought of the disadvantage of franchising people in different positions. So the longevity of a running back is much, much shorter than the longevity, per se, of a quarterback, and the risk is so much higher. So it seems that Le'Veon Bell, to me, is being penalized for being an elite back by being franchised and not getting the guarantee. You can only get a one-year contract. Well, that's twofold to me, right? You're getting penalized, but you are making quite a bit of money at that position. You're making the top five, the average of the top 5% of the top five players at that position. So I think there is that, number one. Number two, the running back position in itself is so devalued at this point that we saw what James Conner did the first two weeks, and you're just like, well, is Le'Veon Bell that good? Is he not? Now, of course... What's the steal is record? Well, that, that's for sure. But it's interesting because James Conner was awesome the first two weeks. Week three, okay. Then week four... A lot of it was game script dependent, but it kind of all fell in the tank. And then, of course, the Monday after that, Le'Veon Bell comes out. He'll be back during the Week 7 bye and make his return to the field against Cleveland on October 28th, Week 8 for the Steelers, which means he'll be back for the entire second half of the year. So he saved his body, and now we'll be back for the second half of the year. And what's really, really interesting is if you're the Steelers and the team, what do you do? I mean... You know, what he wants you to do is to cut him, and then he becomes a free agent sure. from day, day one. Right. That would be his optimal thing. And, and maybe from a chemistry standpoint, that would have been the more intelligent thing to do. I think Earl Thomas would have been very happy. He would have been thrilled, playing, sure. Playing, with, playing for the Dallas Cowboys at the, at, at the present time. Um, I, I give Le'Veon Bell credit. You know, he feels that he saved up enough money that right. he, he can go ahead and, and, and do this. And he's calculating that he feels he'd get three years, say, guaranteed for $45 million. And he's willing to give up the $6 million. And essentially, and you heard what James Harrison said, co and, and, sure. and fake and entry. And, and this is the worrisome thing. I don't know what the solution is, but... This is happening more often. I, I think back to the Matt Harvey thing and mm-hmm. the innings limit. And, sure. And, and, you know, I felt, you know, I felt that he was paid to pitch. You're in a pennant race. He's under contract. He should be pitching. But in all fairness to Matt Harvey, he's never been the same player again. Now, could that have been because when he went out for the ninth inning against the Royals, he you know, lost his bravado? Or is it because of when he came back from Tommy John surgery, he put more miles on the speedometer? I guess we'll, we'll never know, but it's, it's a question. I never saw growing up, even players like Christian McCaffrey, people forget about this, you know, and Christian McCaffrey's father was an NFL player, is now an NFL analyst, but he didn't play in the bowl game to Stanford because he didn't want to take any risk. Um... And then on the other side, you look at somebody like Jalen Smith, who was a top five, who, top five player, luckily back playing for the Cowboys, but lost a ton of money because of the, the injury playing against Notre Dame. It's a very complicated thing. It's, it is a complicated thing. And I think 
as fans, you tend to take the team's side, right? Like, you want your team, you are, when Le'Veon Bell and Christian McCaffrey and Odell Beckham and every player is gone, the Giants will still be there. Or the, your team, essentially, will still be there for you. So you naturally take the, the team's side, like, we need him there, what is he doing? But when you think about it, outside of that bubble, outside of that fanhood bubble, you realize this is people's livelihood. And I can't blame, and I've said this to you now for the last three weeks, I can't blame Le'Veon Bell for sitting out and trying to make as much money as possible in that brief career he has. I definitely couldn't blame Christian McCaffrey for sitting out his senior year because Jalen Smith is the perfect example. He would have cost himself millions upon millions of dollars, not just the first contract where he makes millions, but the next contract where he could make even more millions. That is life-changing money. And yeah, maybe you know, the McCaffreys have some money. So but- what is the biggest thing that professional sports always worry about? And, and remember with the referee, with the fixing, you know, how they, they, they and, and I'm not going into game fixing, but I'm just talking about how if sports is not real, people will rapidly lose interest. Integrity, so, sure. So, and it's more than just integrity. It's if the fans care more than the players, okay, which oftentimes they, they do, they do about at least from the uniform, but not necessarily in the game. Not necessarily right. in the game. Right. They, 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 you know, don't forget, to some extent, with free agency, they're hired mercenaries. You know, whereas if you're a fan, you, you, you're wearing that same jersey sure. for 100 years. Mm-hmm. But in the, in, in the game, they're giving maximum effort because that's the way they grew up. That's what they did. They played the same game for free their whole life. But I think that's us too, right? Like if, if I play a basketball game against you today... I'm going to go all out, and you're going to go all out also. When we step off the court, does it really matter who wins and loss? No. When you, when you start hearing things like James Harrison telling Le'Veon Bell, you know, you should just fake an injury so you don't have to practice and play and then get paid, you have Earl Thomas basically flipping the bird as he goes away. It's going to make people begin to question, and that's what I think the biggest risk is here. Who's really out there giving their 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 one hundred and ten percent, and I'm sure all Thomas was. I'm sure every athlete is. They 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 report to their teammates, but it's it's raising that degree of specter. And what's interesting about Earl Thomas is, I definitely believe that contracts should be guaranteed in the NFL. I definitely think that that's something that's coming that's really really important. But the truth is, Earl Thomas is on the fourth year of a four year contract, so it's not the case of where the Seahawks paid him money that he's never going to receive, he would argue that he outperformed that contract, which I think is a totally, totally different story than Le'Veon Bell being franchised. Um, Is a team required to renegotiate that contract? And then for how many years? Should nobody be in their last year of a contract? And who has leverage, and, and that, that's what's coming down the pike in the NFL. And you pointed out earlier in the program about the franchise tag and the very existence of it in that CBA, and Le'Veon Bell, as you said, saved enough money, put himself and his family in the position where he could do this, where he doesn't have to make money over the last X amount of time. And when the next CBA is up in, I believe it's four years from now, they're already telling players, save money, save money, save money. And unfortunately... There's a lot less Le'Veon Bells out there than there are 53rd man on the roster who's not living paycheck to paycheck, but needs that game check because he bought that car. 
He paid for that house. He bought that boat. But those guys don't have leverage to begin with, so we, no, wouldn't, be, we, we, we wouldn't be having that conversation. That's true, too. You know, they, they, they don't have, they don't have the, the leverage of a, a Le'Veon Bell. But Adam Schefter points out, by the way, Mitch, um, that after the season— He could be transitioned. Want, he could be on the transition tag, exactly. So, again, mm-hmm. I think that— That's even cheaper. So, here's where it's really, really interesting. From a business standpoint, you would only want to franchise running backs and then make a decision. You have them for four years. You can franchise them for two years. And at six years, you would reevaluate, just like you do a lease of your car. Right. Okay? You could make a strong argument that from a monetary standpoint— the Giants had Beckham for two, you know, three more years. Yes. They had, they had Beckham for three more years. Yes. Or, or he, they would have had him where he wouldn't have played. But they would have had a very unhappy Beckham, and they decided to go ahead and, 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 and sign him. Um, but from a business standpoint, it would almost make sense at these high-risk positions that have limited longevity. Now, receivers have more longevity than... Than, than, running than, than running backs. But that's why I have sympathy for Le'Veon Bell because you're essentially saying that most running backs will never really see free agency when they're actually desirable. Yeah, and there, there, there's no question. And I agree with that. And from a business perspective, it does make sense. Like, it, it definitely makes sense to go year to year with these types of players because injuries, as we saw with Earl Thomas, as we saw with Tyler Eifert, they happen. So when the, when the teams have that leverage, I understand that they want to use it. When the players have leverage, I understand them wanting to use it too. Because you don't need the best 53 players. You need the best 53 players to come in at $187 million. That's, that's true. And, and, and which brings me to the next subject where I have to say you were damn right about the New England Patriots. And... What do I think the Patriots have done better over the course of the last 15 years plus Mm -hmm. is they've actually put values on players. Yeah. They don't necessarily overpay for people, whether it was first Richard Seymour, the defensive lineman, um, defensive backs, um, was it Malloy? Malloy, Malloy, Vince Wilfork. You can go right down the line. Yeah, so basically you come in on their budget. They basically allocate a certain amount of money, and they've been willing to get rid of people a year too soon rather than a year too late. Always. And it's possible that one of the reasons they could do that is if you tried to do that in most markets, the fans would be up in arms. And it's funny because early on in in their Patriots dynasty – they were up in arms, right? I go back to a player like Asante Samuel. When they got rid of him, they're like, I don't understand. He's the best cornerback in football. What are you doing? Patrick Chung, before they brought him back. Will Fork, Malloy, all of these, Ty Law, all these long-term Patriots. They didn't care. Intuitively, they asked themselves, am I better off with this for $7 million sure. or this for $22 million? And, and, then- it's, and, and it's also they recognize the value of the ascending player rather than the descending player. Exactly what you said. They're going to take the shot that this player is done a year or two from now. And if it's not this year, 
fine, they're a year early. But like you said, much rather be a year early than a year late. Or, or get Earl Thomas when he still is got bread on the tire, right. just like Daryl Revis, mm-hmm. but pay him for a short term. And then when he has no tread, he goes back to the New York teams. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. I, I mean, you know, so they'll give an Earl Thomas two years coming up. Sure. You know, just like the Dallas Cowboys. They'll, they'll find those players, and then they get this, the, the additional thing, which is, you know, the, you know, basically the reward for being on the top of the totem pole, which is the veteran player wants to come there, similar to what Golden State is getting right now. The veteran player wants to come, take less money, make it into the salary cap so they can have one ring before they, they, they leave. And that started with Junior Seau. Right. Which is, Ronnie Harrison was part of that as well. And, and that's, that, that's the way that they, they, they've done it. So we're at the quarter point of the NFL season. What are where we are we? Exactly. <laughs> there it is, right? You're at the quarter point of the NFL season. You're through four weeks, amazingly enough. What do we know? I think we know this. I think the, Ram, the Rams are the best team in so football. What I, what I know right now yep. is I'd like to be an offensive coach for Andy Reid because I'm going to make a lot of money in the future. That's absolutely true. You wanna, you, <laughs> I want to be an offensive coach for Andy Reid. I want to be part of that Kyle Shat, the, the Shanahan, not Kyle, the Shanahan tree. I want to be an offensive genius because defenses, they don't, they don't make money right now. So that, that, that's, that, that's number one. Sure. And, and um, going on, and you know, I think that, that brings us to the next question. Chicago Bears, real or not real? Well, I think what the Bears, what the Bears did yesterday, I think that's real, right? Like, their defense is really good. Cleo Mack's incredible. The Bucks are... We said Cleveland's defense was pretty good until uh, Oakland put out 45 yeah, points. Yeah, I mean, they, they lost their best cornerback, yes, or one of their best defensive backs yesterday. And I was surprised. I was honestly surprised that they got lit up yesterday by Oakland. Um, I, I think Chicago's defense is absolutely for real. I thought the Bucks were frauds. We talked about that last Monday. Um... So yeah, I, I think I think what, I think Chicago is probably a five hundred team. You know, I think I think Chicago's real too. I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, but I think one of the things that we've seen in the NFL, and I can't really explain it, is you know there have been games where the doors have been blown off, and they've yeah. been shown that they don't mean anything. You know, like people in New York were investing in, in Sam Donald and the New York Jets after they blew out Detroit, and it was almost like a snowball. It just picked up momentum and. Matthew Stafford had probably the worst game I've ever seen him play. Then you look at, for example, the Bears game. You look at the, the Bills-Minnesota game coming back. And, again, where they got off to such a great start. And one week later, the Bills are back to, to earth. So you look at that division. You know, the Patriots may have righted the ship, but even more importantly, Miami doesn't look like they're for real, and the Jets and the Bills really look like they're down teams. Going over to the, the division with Baltimore and Pittsburgh, I think that's really an interesting division. Yeah, I think the, the AFC North, very, very interesting division this year, with Pittsburgh looking terrible, really, last night. Like, really, really terrible, I thought. Baltimore, we don't think they have the offense to do it, but they kind of get it done when it matters. The defense certainly seems to be rounding the shape. Uh, Cleveland blew it yesterday, uh, multiple times against Oakland. And then Cincinnati, who many people predicted to, to really fall off this year and, and potentially be the end of the Marvin Lewis era again, sit there on top of the division at the moment. Well, it seems like Andy Dalton definitely gets it done in the regular season, especially. Sure. He, he, he's, he, he's, he's always like at the top of the charts, fantasy sure. all world in, 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 in September and October. Um, 
I think the Tomlin era is coming to a close in Pittsburgh. And, and, and he's been like, you know, it's very hard to lose your job in, as being a Pittsburgh coach. I mean, they went from Noel to Coward to, to, to Tomlin. Yep. And, but something just doesn't seem right there. Yeah, the, the culture at the moment, no question about it, in Pittsburgh seems off, for lack of a better word. And there's people that have talked about Mike Tomlin being on the hot seat or not having control of his team, no doubt about it. But do I think he's on the hot seat? No, I think he's a year away from being on the hot seat. But I see what you're, exactly what you're saying. That culture is not good right now in Pittsburgh. So who do you think wins that division? Baltimore's 3-1. You know what? I, Cincinnati's 3-1. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can see ultimately Cincinnati winning the division and losing the first round probably to Baltimore, something like that, in a 3-6 in a or a 4-5 matchup. Um, if I had to pick right now, I'll say Baltimore wins the Cincinnati gets Vontaze Perfect back. I'll say Baltimore wins the division. I'll stick with that. Yeah, what about you? I would have to take Baltimore because they do it, do it the most. I think he's the most stable coach in the division. But I have to tell you, I know they lost yesterday. I know he turned the ball over. But I really like Baker Mayfield. Sure. <laughs> he's got the it factor. He does, man. And, and, and what, I, what I noticed in, in, in before I watched the Giant game they, that, that was on is – he throws that pick six where it deflects off the guy's hand. It wasn't the best throw. He, he, he picks his team up. They get like three penalties on the next drive, and they go down the field. He's got swagger. He's got confidence. He's going to make, make plays. And, you know, it, it, it was questionable. The questionable turn, call turned over, which everybody's been up uh, sure. talking about and I can tell you there were a lot of calls in the Giants game, and that may be the worst crew in football, the one that did, you know, the Pete Morelli. That's the, the, the infamous team that's, the crew that's throwing the most, roughing the passer balls. But I, I think Cleveland's going to make noise. I really, I really, really, really do. I think so, too. I, 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 they're good enough. They're, they're, they're good enough to pull out some games. You, gotta, you have to finish it off them. And what they did on Sunday was not do that, right? Like, they let Oakland back in the game, and it didn't work out. And, and Hugh... Lost some of his mojo at points in that game. Um, I, I read a, I read a, um, I read an article today that one of the reasons he didn't go for a fourth and in inches was because he thought karma was against him. That he gotten it too many times, and you know he was due to not get one. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, and, and this is that, that's like telling me like you know I got three heads in a row, and so the odds of getting a tail. Exactly. I mean, you you know you, you only need to know freshman probability to sure, know that sure you, you know that it's one one out of two. Right. You know that probability doesn't change based on karma. Of course not. I mean, th- there is a great book for people to look at called the Success Equation, mm-hmm. which always talks about reversion to the mean and understanding probability, and that's another advantage that Belichick has that he actually understands probability going back to when he went for it against Peyton Manning. Sure. And, and, Monday Night and, Football. And, yeah. and, and Didn't you know, get it. sometimes you watch games, and if it's a defensive game, you want to put your defense back on the field. Right. But if it's an offensive game, if you can end the game with your one play thing. Because let's face it, how different is it going 45 yards or going 65 yards when you're playing a prevent defense? Right. It's not much different I, I, at all. I, I, sure. And, and, you know, you can almost all you have more field to cover. Right. You, you know, look at Giant game yesterday. They, they pinned him back at the three-yard line. Mm-hmm. That, that, that lasted for Breeze about five seconds. Exactly. 
Now, it's, it's interesting because I, I always agreed uh, with Brady and Belichick on that play. You go for the gusto, right? They've always, they've always tried to step on throats, it, and they went for it. It's probability. You know, at yeah. certain points in time, it, it, it makes sense to go for two. And, and, yeah. and, and you have to understand probability. So when you say that, it, 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 it's absolutely not logical. Going on to, to the next division, the Indianapolis, Tennessee. Tennessee for real? I think Tennessee's defense is for real. I don't know. If they're, I don't think their offense is good enough. I think their defense is real. I think you're going to see, you, you know, and in, in, in then at the bottom of that division, you have teams like Houston, who actually are very talented. Yeah. And, and so we, we may see a lot of nine and sevens in a lot of these you divisions. May. But uh, we were talking earlier today on the network about Bill O'Brien and, and his ability. Who do you think the first head coach fired is this year? Well, right now it's going to be Dirk Cotta. You think but we, I went to said that last week. Which is funny, because we talked but, about how we were so close to saying that. Okay, you know, it's going to be Dirk And But, you know, we're back to... I always think of Ryan Fitzpatrick as the equivalent of the child that has behavioral and intentional difficulties. Yep. Okay, that goes to his grandparents' house. The grandparents take him to the amusement park, and they turn around to the parents, and they say... Oh, the kid's absolutely wonderful. It's all you. It's no problem. You know, that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick is to quarterbacks. If you have him too long, he comes back to earth. But at the beginning, God, he plays himself right into your team. Every single time. It, it, it's absolutely one of the most amazing careers and the highest wonderlick testing things of all time. But if your backup quarterback wins two games for you, you're going to be happy. Now, it's really going to be interesting. They're going to put Jameis Winston in. Sure. After and, the buy, yeah. and now it's contract time for Jameis Winston. Right. And do you pay him? That's a really good question. Um, it's a really, it's a really good question. Do you pay Jameis Winston? I think a lot's gonna be dictated by what he does this year, both on and off the field. Like he seems like a good teammate every every time that you see him interact with his teammates. He was uh, at midnight. Um, he was at the airport with his team. Just like Mark well, I'm not concerned about. I shouldn't say that. I, obviously, he's had his issues both at multiple Florida times. State and multiple times, and 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 the Uber driver, and and, yeah. and nothing, nothing, and, and they're very, very serious issues. I was actually just talking as a football player. He always seems like he's on the verge, right? But he does forgetting all the behavioral stuff. If okay. he can, he's always on the verge. Yeah. but but but. Just doesn't seem to cross the line. If we're talking about an on-field product. Yes, I extend. I extend Jameis Winston. If you're extending players like Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston certainly gets extended. But again, that was based on the fact that you couldn't find a quarterback. Well, you still can't find a quarterback. I know we disagree on that. Well, I mean, you, you know, we're going to watch Pat Mahomes. He's in the second year in the league right sure. now. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Case Keenan. They got from. You know, from from Case Keenum was out. Any team could have Case Keenum. By the way, I think you're going to wind up. I think Minnesota is going to wind up ruining the day they gave Kirk Cousins that contract. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Kirk Cousins. Problem with Kirk Cousins has always been he can put up the stats, but when it comes down to winning the big game, he hasn't been able to do it yet. Well, the 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 way I look at it is go back to what we just talked about. I think Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. I think he throws the ball very very well. Right. Okay. I don't think he's going to be $30 million, $32 million worth. Right. I, I think I can find somebody for 12 to 15 sure. to, to do the same thing. But obviously the Vikings don't – they believe that Kirk Cousins was that much better, $11, $12 million better than Case Keenum. This year. So if the Vikings – Over the next three years. Well, no, no, thought. no. But, but again – a lot of their players, like Barr on the defense, now become due. Well, Barr's, you can let Barr walk. He's terrible. So, you know, a lot of their players that... Sure. That, that I mean, Xavier Rhodes will be so, up. Yeah. Yeah, so, so what they're basically saying is, is, you know, we're really going for it this year, at most next year. Right. 
and okay. then we'll and then we don't care about year three because right. we're going for it right now. I we're get going that. for it right now, and and in other words, they they believe that they were a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl yes. last year when they made, made made this deal, and they believe that it was a significant upgrade sure. of Hurst Cousins to Case Keenum. Yeah, to, absolutely. To go go ahead and do that. Who do you like tonight? Who do you like tonight uh, with the spread or against the spread? Uh, let's. Take it straight up first. Straight up. Uh, I can't bet against Pat Mahomes right now. <laughs> I, can't, I can't bet against Pat Mahomes. So I'll take the Chiefs. We, we, we talked about the spread all day. I can't pick either of them, so I'm just taking the over because I never want to ever bet the under in a Pat Mahomes game. So I like the over, and I like Pat Mahomes straight up. And plus you don't want to take... It, it's like a sucker, sucker bet to take a, a road, road favorite with a second-year quarterback. Correct. With a defense... Monday that, Night Football. With a defense that can't... Right, so 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 probably the smart money is on Denver as exactly. as 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 a home dog, and and Denver hasn't looked great, but they've won games. They have. They found ways. They have found ways. They have not looked good at all. Their defense is underwhelmed over and over. Rams look like the the elite best team in the football. Yeah, that division. I think really no one's really there in that division. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that they basically march. The, the Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans division is going to be a very, very tough division. It's sure. Always Atlanta, is. A, a very, very tough division. Who do you like in that? I think the Saints. I think the Saints will round into form. I think the defense has to get better. I think it does. Um, you, you can take Carolina also. I don't think Atlanta uh, is good enough. I think their defense is ravaged by injuries. Yesterday's a game Atlanta has to win. They did not. Uh, so I would like, I would say Carolina or New Orleans. Right. And what about, I think the Minnesota, Detroit. Um, Chicago in Green Bay division is it's a very good division. It's a ve- it's a very very good division. And the and the NFC East again, Dallas is two and two. You know, Giants one and three. Washington didn't play, and then you have um, Philadelphia surprisingly two and two, losing sure. to as as uh, Pat Shermer said after the game. We just won't win our division. We're one game back. Like I guess I guess that's true. Well, what's going to determine these divisions is going to be, and that's why yeah. it's the divisional matchups. And and the divisional matchups are going to determine the division, which is why Pittsburgh's loss is a, is a big loss at home. That that that, that, that that's a that's a big 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 loss. Absolutely. So continuing on here, we talked a lot about the NFL thus far, and I wanted to move over to college football because there's been some controversy um, in in regards to what Dabo Swinney has done. And there's controversy with Mike Gundy as well, given his press conference antics as as always. Um, but Davos Swinney made an interesting decision that I know we kind of disagree on, Mitch. Yeah, you know, I think it's kind of different. You know, we had this whole conversation where the college athlete should be paid. Right. And I think it's really, really difficult because, not because the top elite that we're watching on, on Saturday night or it used to be Saturday afternoon sure. don't deserve to be paid. It's one of the great things that we have in our sports is NCAA sports. My son told me something interesting. He's doing a semester abroad in Madrid and plays college tennis. Right. And, you know, he's been training there. And he said, you know, it's interesting. There are no kids like me training in in, in this beautiful tennis club. He told me that you have a lot of pro players playing and you have some young juniors, but if they're not going pro... By 18, they're done because there's no place to go. And we have, and sports only becomes recreational. It's the same thing true in soccer. It's the same thing true in other sports. We have this great network where 
so many people participate and become so meaningful for the connections, you know, in all of these different sports at Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three level. That's predominantly been supported by the NCAA basketball tournament because sure. the football money has kind of gone elsewhere. But I think that, you know, what, what, what bothered me is, is certainly people like Kelly Bryan should be paid. You know, and sure. when, when you stand up and basically no one has talked about that, the fact that he's a graduate student mm-hmm. and he should stay at Clemson to potentially finish this. Um, so it really comes across to me that rather than a student athlete, he's an athlete student. I think everybody, and not everybody, I think the major, large majority of these college football players are athlete students. Um, n- I wouldn't say a large majority. I think a lot of them necessarily aren't. Okay. Okay. And they have great, you know, they have great access to alumni, can get really, really, really good jobs. Right. And, you know, the, the question I have to you is, do you think Kelly Bryant plays on Sundays? No. Okay. So he's now in his fourth year. He's transferring for a fifth year. Mm-hmm. There's not even a European football league anymore. Where does that get him? Recreational football, probably. Okay. So I guess... That, Turkey Bowl. That, that's kind of my concern and issue is the students that know that they're using this for an education because they're not going to play on Sundays, and if they do, it's a miracle, that's fine. Right. Okay? The, stu- the, 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 the athlete students, like potentially maybe Trevor Lawrence, who are going to, I think, who are going to play on Sundays, mm-hmm. to me that's absolutely fine. Sure. I really feel bad for the people who are in these big programs that are essentially not going to play on Sundays and not having going to have the value of an alumni network. And, and I think that if my kid was recruited by Dabo Sweeney, started, took them to the semifinals, they lost two games. One was the semifinal game. The other game he actually didn't play Syracuse last year because he was hurt. People would say is all he does is win. It's not like, for example, this was the Tua game where they were behind and you put Tua in and you had the great play and stuff like that. You know, Trevor Lawrence ran up numbers on cupcakes. I think there's something about loyalty that comes into sports. I don't know how you can't say it's not like Tua. They pulled their starting quarterback who started every game for them. All year long last year. They pulled him in the national championship game. But they gave, him a, they, would, they gave him a chance and they would down. Clemson gave Kelly Bryant a chance. What, what, and, and they were 4-0. But he doesn't necessarily give him the best chance to win going forward. In the coach's mind. In the coach's mind. Sure. But it's all, you know, look at his resume. I mean, you know, but look at his... give him the best chance. Don't you as a head coach owe it to your team? I don't care if it's college or the NFL or professional, whatever. Don't you owe it as a coach to, give, to put your team in the best chance to win? First of all, starting Kelly Bryant doesn't necessarily not, or else he... Well, he, don't, he believes it does. Okay. And I think within reason, not when you have a four-year player, senior captain of your team, okay, who really didn't lose his job. You're four and a, the guy's career record, Greg, was how would you feel? And then you turn around and go, well, we're okay with him, 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 him transferring. And because, because in all honesty, Davos Sweeney does not... If it was your kid, would you have been happy with that? I never said I'd be happy with it. But the, the fact is, 
I think as a coach, you lose credibility if you don't put the best player in a position to win. I'll go back to the Seattle Seahawks, where they paid Matt Flynn $10 million and said, sit your ass on the bench, and they started their third-round pick. Different. Different, number one. Different, and, and, and the truth of the matter is they, they realized that Flynn didn't have anything. Sure. Okay? Very, 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 very different. You know, again, you know, you've had your A.J. McCarron. The kid's college record is, is 14-1. and one. Right. I mean that that that's, I get it. That, that's pretty that's pretty good. It's it's fantastic, but we don't look back. And, we and look you, forward. That's and, why Jalen Hurts is in the and, starter you know, again, Alabama. Again, they're down fourteen points. You What's, could have pulled him. He comes back. I think it's a different story. But to just pull him when you're four and zero because the other kid threw nine touchdowns and he threw two touchdown passes. Mainly both of them. Both of them had their good moments and struggled against Texas A and M, which is the only team they played. Sure. Okay. So, so against cupcakes, they threw the ball down the field. I, I wouldn't have done it. I would have, I would have kept with you're, my... You're, I, not, I, you're not the head coach. I understand that. I think there's a loyalty for, for, for my, my top classmen. I think there's a loyalty that, that pays dividends in recruiting. Loyalty in may get you fired. I, I don't think so. I think it's the other way around, to be honest with you. Really? I really do. I think that, that if you start recruiting around people for subtle things... Mm-hmm that it, it, it loses an element of trust and things like that. He was Mr. Football in, in South Carolina. I, I think that there's something to waiting your turn, and if it happened naturally, like, for example, they're down 14 nothing, mm-hmm. and then there's three touchdowns, that's a different story because then you would lose your team. But just to go into it and kind of put the kid in a situation to transfer like that, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it, 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 it just didn't ring right to me. I felt bad for him. And I, I respect that. I respect feeling bad for him, and I get it. He's, he's a super senior. He, he put in the work, and he put in the time. But to me, you, your job, and we disagree, that's fine. Your job as a head coach is to put your players the best chance to win the game. And what you believe is the best chance to win the game. And that's why you put in the quarterback that you think is best. By the way, as we, as we change over to baseball here, uh, Kelly Jansen on in a 5 nothing game in the top of the ninth allows back-to-back solo home runs as the Rockies have made it 5-2. <laughs> Very interesting. The Dodgers ballpark. Nobody out. I, I, they need the Mets because I don't think the Mets got a hit on Kelly Jansen. If you get a runner on base, he really doesn't hold in anybody. He, he's interesting. He's, he's struggled with... Uh, Cardiac arrhythmias this year. Oh, yes, he has, absolutely. And good thing this game's in L.A. and not in Denver for that cardiac arrhythmia. Um, Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, the back-to-back home runs of the ninth. It's 5-2, nobody out. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. What, did you th- what do you think? These, it's an awesome ending to MLB season here. You have two game 163s to decide the division winner, and then the wild card. Uh, the wild card participants will play tomorrow in the wild card game. Absolutely crazy, Mitch. Yeah, I mean... Um you think about the probability of that. You play 162 games. and Twice is not and, enough. And, and I'm sure what a lot of people in Chicago were thinking is that the Cubs had the second best record in the National League, yeah. and now their season comes down to one game, one game, which will be at home. And I guess one of the arguments is they, they played today at home and they play tomorrow at home. If you can't win any games at home, then maybe you don't deserve it. Which is, which is true, in my opinion. What's very interesting Three of the top four, I believe it's four, maybe uh, four, five, excuse me. Three of the teams of the five best records in MLB will be wild card teams. Yeah. Yeah. With the Yankees, the A's, um, and the Chicago so Cubs. So good or bad? 
be reseated, or you just think that it- I, I think that's bad to me. I I, I think I understand like I understand what they're doing, right? Like there should be prominence or winning your division, and there there should be uh, a reason to do that. But and the NBA did, did away with essentially did away with the divisions where you know the best record is what it is. Well, they did away with divisions, but they didn't do away with conferences. That's that's Correct. the talk in the NBA. That's next. whether they right. should whether they they should completely re reseed. Yeah, I, and in all honesty. I think what the MLB should do, if you win your division, you're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. But to me, the best record, like the Yankees and the Red Sox should not be playing in the wild card game. They're three of the, they're two of the best three records in the American League. I don't think that's right. I, I mean, I, I think in terms of fairness, that, that's, that's probably, probably uh, correct, especially with interleague play, that you should at least recede it. Um, but it leads to pennant races, which, for, for sure. which, which if you didn't have that, it, it, it probably would, wouldn't have come out the, the, the same, exact, same exact way. Yeah. But, you know, the Yankees. What do you think of the wild card game in general? Just one game. Well, I, I mean, I, I think I actually kind of like it okay. in, a, in, a, in a strange way because it, it, it you know, you didn't win your division. Right. It, 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 we, we always go through this, okay, which is we want our teams to have the fairest shots, mm-hmm. but then we say what the regular season doesn't mean anything. And what we used to say about baseball was that it was the only sport that the regular season mattered. It was the only season mattered. And, you know, again, going back to the success equation and probability is which sport of the major sports, do you think the best team usually wins? Baseball. No, the NBA. Really? The NBA. By far, the best team usually wins the playoffs. I don't know. You okay. never see an eighth seed beat in the NBA. Not, not never. Not never. There's never been an eighth seed that beat a one seed in the NBA. That's not true. The Golden State Warriors beat, beat the San Antonio Spurs, I believe. It's an eight one. I, I, the Knicks were an eight seed when they went to the finals against the Spurs. The Knicks were... That was the strike year. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the, the strike. The Warriors with Baron Davis. That, that, not in the new playoff. I, I don't believe in the new playoff thing. I think they were seven twos, but, but I may be wrong. But basketball usually holds. You know, right. look, look, you played the whole season. Right. You wound up with the finals that usually hold. Sure. Hockey has the most. <laughs> and well, most variants. Most variants. Sure. Okay. Football, you know, some. Baseball a lot because momentum is key. It, it, momentum is is yesterday's. Well, well, I, well what I, I guess what I was saying was that like to me, like last year for instance, even though the Indians I believe had the best record in, in the AL and they got knocked out early, like you could make the argument that Houston was the best team is what I was saying. Well, you could make the argument the best team, but I'm saying the best team through the year. Gotcha. So the point that I was trying to make was that like in hockey, where eight seeds beat one seeds all, six, the, time. all the time, right? You really should get something for the regular season. Okay. So, so what I think about baseball, because it, it's, it's really as good as the starting pitcher, is winning your division should mean something. Okay. And, and, you know, when there was just a division series, teams stopped playing because it doesn't make a difference whether you play who X or Y. Absolutely. Okay. So, so the fact that you can lose your season in one game makes you pitch your best pitches sure. down the stretch. If not... The Yankees and the Red Sox wouldn't have cared who won the division. Right. And I, they, I, I get it. So, so I so, like the wild card because of that. Oh, I like the wild card also. To me, I, I would just make it because every— But you would just reseed them. 
Well, I would receive them for sure, number one. Well, but you couldn't if they're the wild card. That's the, that's the. Well, hard... you're still fighting against. Re- you're still doing records, I guess. But, but, I, but you still have to play that one game, and then I would make. I, would, I would still think it should be a two out of three. Baseball is baseball is a series. Like there's no one game in baseball ever. Everything's a series. How are we not going to make it a series now? To me, it should be two out of three. I, that's I, all. I mean, I, I don't. I don't really have a, any 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 problem with that whatsoever. Sure. And, and where we're both in one. You know, in fact, when, when it used to be best out of five... It, it, still, when, still, it still is best yeah. out of five in the DS. Yes. Yeah. To do that, when, but it used to only be one team in each league and best of five. Yes, of course. That's going back to, you know, when, we, when I was much younger. <laughs> wasn't that much younger. <laughs> hey, uh, Doc, any final thoughts tonight? Um, you know, again, I, I, what I think is always the interesting conversation is, and we do this all the time, if you had to pick the quarterbacks now... right. Quarter- I, didn't, I didn't ask you. Oh, I'm sorry. Before, sorry, interrupting. We didn't pick. Or what, what do you think the World Series is going to be? We didn't pick it. I think I'm going to get shot by everybody in New York, but I'm okay. going to go Cleveland Indians. Sure. And I think in the National League right now, I think I would take the Milwaukee Brewers. I I'm, love their bullpen. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Indians. I actually totally agree with that. I think they get back. I'm going to go with the Indians and the Dodgers as the Dodgers just wrap up. The division, just they don't have to play tomorrow. Well, I think that the Dodgers have in, in, in incredible, incredible talent, but I think that um, it was interesting seeing Jim Leritz here, and then sure, and, and seeing Milwaukee win, and it, it stirred a memory that the, the first team that made baseball a four inning game, in my recollection, were the the Yankee team that he was on with Jeff Nelson, Graham Lloyd, and then mm-hmm. turning it over to Wetland, and then sure, R- R- Rivera, Rivera Wetland, yeah, yeah, you know, and you looked at. The team that they beat, the Braves, who had potentially, and I know they underachieved, potentially the best starting rotation right. in, in, in baseball history. Mm-hmm. And that Yankee team was able to, to beat them. And the Yankee, that Yankee team beat a Seattle team that might have had two of the greatest players at the peak of their career sure. in, in Griffey and, and, and Rodriguez mm-hmm. and, and, and Edgar Martinez. I mean, that was an offensive juggernaut, that Seattle team that never won anything. I mean, yeah. the, the players on that team were unbelievable. And that was uh, Torrey going to the bullpen. Like it, it seemed like before the game started. And, and, and I think that was the first time I had ever really seen that repetitively done and sure. now Milwaukee's playing exactly the same way. Milwaukee and the New York Yankees this year have already announced basically for the wild card game they they basically want the starter to go one time through the lineup and, and that's it. Yeah. So get your game into the bullpen. So we're sitting there right now if you yeah. had to draft the quarterbacks yep. right now. Mm-hmm. Who do you take? I don't know. We had enough. Could we postpone this one until a couple <laughs> more starts? We've only seen one start from Baker. We've seen one start from Josh Rosen. Two from Allen and now four from Darnold. I don't think we can answer Any that gut yet. feeling. I want a gut feeling. I want, I want, I want some. You want know the gut? You the gut. Broadway Baker. Me too. He's got, he's got it, man. He's got it. He's got he, it. He, he, there's something about that guy. I like Josh Rosen too. Just saying. I like Josh Rosen also. So, do, so, do, so does everybody from New York. Who, who has a better nickname than Chosen Rosen? It's the Chosen One. The chosen Rosen. The Chosen One indeed. For Dr. Mitch Roslin, I am Greg Sussman. This has been an absolute blast as always, Doc. Uh, it's been such a good time. Absolutely. See you next week. We'll do it again next week. Thank you so much for watching. And that's a wrap. Thank you.